as long as everybody's here, let's party! Who's playing that music? Where's all that liquor coming from? It's a party, Mark. Doesn't have to make sense. Welcome to the party. This is Johnny Pinball with the Totally Pinball Podcast, recording to you live on tape from Studio 69. Apparently, it's award season. Have you been following the news? Have you seen the adverts? The Degenerate Awards, the Pinball Awards, the Twippy Awards, the Reach Arounds, the Not So Twippy Twippy Awards. This hobby has award fever, and there's only one thing that can cure it. Guess what? I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. Please clap. I'm looking at the results here from the Pinball Awards, and uh, I don't know if I agree with all these. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they got this uh, category, Best Cabinet and Back Glass. Seems kind of like they're infringing on the uh, Johnny Pinball Best Back Glass Award, but they gave it to Toy Story 4. I I don't see it. That, that back glass is tiny. It's what, the size of a Pac-Man marquee? I don't think it should be disqualified right away just for that. It, it's got two inches of art on it. Come on, Zach. Come on, Greg. Clearly, the winner should have been Rush Pro with that sweet-looking owl on the translate. Nice set of hooters you got there. Exactly. Okay, so they got that one wrong. Their next category is Best Playfield Art. And again, they gave it to Toy Story 4. I don't know if we know what the definition of art is here at the Pinball Awards. You know what I see? I see a lunchbox pose at the bottom of the playfield. I'll give them this. It's better to look at than the Rush Playfield uh, band members pose. So I'll cut them a little slack for them picking Toy Story 4 here. Next category was Best Light Effects. Don't really care, so we'll skip that. All the modern games are just an LED mess. It's dreadful. Best Theme Integration. They gave it to a game that came out in 2017. Way to go, Pinball Awards. You can do math. Alien Pinball? Come on. I love it when my games are missing the main characters. Get away from her, you bitch! Best Toys, Best Innovation, they gave to Weird Al's Museum of Natural Hilarity. Okay. I don't object to that. Uh, I mean, it's the only game that has a television screen as the playfield. And it does have an actual toy in it. Personally, I think the toy could also go to the Rush time machine. But that's just me. Best Playfield Layout and Best Music went to Rush. Yay, Borgie! Good job, John Borg, on that. Really is a great layout. Best Callouts. Fight me! They gave this one to Weird Al's Museum of Natural Hilarity. Congratulations, Jerry. You really earned it. Best Animation, the Pinball Awards gave to Toy Story 4. I don't know what to say. You don't play the back glass, right? Just like you don't play the art. So I think the best animation should have been Cactus Canyon. I don't even know if they included that. But the dot matrix display always wins in my heart. And the last category we're going to talk about is best sound effects was given to Alien again, a 2017 game. I'm going to let it slide. Alien Pinball does have really good sound effects and theme immersion because of that. All right, that's it. We just got through that in two minutes. I saved you two hours of your life. 
What should we talk about next? Johnny Pinball doesn't have show notes. I was tickled to see that Ian came back on the Poor Man's Pinball podcast. Drew and Ian, I think, are the best pinball couple. They are better than Zach and Greg. They did a in the year 3000 bit that was pretty hilarious. I'd check it out if you haven't already. Of course you've checked it out. I'm like your 10th podcast you might even know exists. In the year 3000. Keith Allen, the 10th, has finally created a masterpiece pinball machine worthy of his lineage in which the mechs would be so interactive that the player would be in awe. However, Gary Stern's brain, which has been suspended in a jar full of liquid connected to a computer, tells him that his bomb is too high. In the year 3000. Speaking of Gary Stern. Again, I'm 77. I'm not the judge yeah. of that. I am happy with our business. I am happy with its, with its current uh, uh, customer base and the people who want to play it and its current growth. And I am thrilled with the prospect with Insider Connected of where this is going because there's so much more we can do yeah. to connect, connect the community and to add people to the community. Gary Stern has announced that he is retiring and stepping down as CEO. Seth Davis will take over for Gary as the CEO of Stern Pinball. Seth, currently the president bro of Stern Pinball, formerly of Disney. Well, there you go. Fantasy theme confirmed. I can think of a fantasy movie from 1985 that Seth probably is talking about. And I know you, the audience, I know you're saying it in your head, so let's go ahead and roll the clip. If someone finds out about this, they're going to try to take it away from us, and they can't do that because you dreamt it, I built it, and it's our secret. It was a discovery. Tonight, we launch. Beyond their imagination. Yeah, open up. Let's see what you can do. Are you serious? Yeah. It's not Mikey, Data, Mouth, and Chunk from the Goonies. Gary can't afford that. Instead, we've got Ben, Wolfgang, and Darren from Explorers. The other sci-fi fantasy theme from 1985. You know what else was in 1985? Well, not me. But, Back to the Future. Is that a stretch to say that's a, a fantasy theme? Probably. So, what do we know about Stern Pinball? Well, we know they're currently making James Bond. George Gomez, designer, Photoshop on art, and Lonnie on code. The perfect combination. Everyone and their brother and mother said, Dear Pinball Gods, please give us this for the trifecta. And you know what? Someone listened. On September 22nd, 2022, we got the official reveal but of course, all us enthusiasts already knew about this game as the pictures had leaked weeks prior after a soft launch was canceled when the Queen unexpectedly died on September 8th, 2022. Instead of foreseeing that the UK would be in a state of mourning, Stern shipped all their games to the IAPA UK trade show, thinking, after all, the show must go on. 
And what a show it was. Gameplay footage leaked because someone took a cell phone video playing it when they weren't supposed to. She looked a little rough. The code was probably alpha, not even beta at that point. Kind of wondering what Stern was going to show at the show because there wasn't much there. We're four months in the future now here recording in February and the code is at 0.84. The last time I played this at the Stern launch party, there was only two modes to select. The machine just gave off a meh impression. Nothing I would really want to play, but I'd play it if it's there. I wouldn't avoid it. So that's kind of my review of James Bond in its current state. What else does Stern have in the rumor mill pipeline, you know, coming up? What's up? We got some designers to talk about. We got Brian Eddy. We got Jack Danger. We've got John Borg. Well, probably not John Borg. His rush came out in 2022, which was a prior rumor on Not Rumor Corner here on the Totally Pinball Podcast that we called. So awesome. Plus one for me. And then we've got Mr. Godzilla himself, Keith Elwin, second place finisher at a Never Drains in Southern California, commonly known as Indisc. He may have finished second at Indisc, but always first in my heart. And he is the next guy up to bat for a pinball machine, apparently. He got elevated to the coveted Not Cornerstone release slash money grab pinball slot. No, 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 not even a Joe Cam and Call studio thing. Nope, 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 this is elevated even higher. Not even Batman 66 Super Ellie. Nah, think, think more premium. Elvira 40th? Well... We're close, we're close, but instead he gets to design or did design James Bond 60th anniversary, a game celebrating 60 years of James Bond, including all of the Bonds, and it's not your average game. Oh no no, this game is a single level game, so what makes a single level game fun? Good question. Two answers, spinners and drop targets, and this game delivers. Now be honest with me, how many of you said score reels? I'll wait. You, you in the back? Nope, you didn't. You're just scratching your butt. Okay. So no one said score reels. Well, it looks like none of you are going to be jumping for joy then. So the score reels, much hyped by George Gomez. He went on multiple live streams, podcasts, saying, Oh, you guys, you're going to love these score reels. But everyone was like, whoa, we saw the leaked images, and it looks like there's an LCD screen there. So we finally know what it's all about. The score reels, there's only four of them. It resets like Primus, Wonelli between players is not in the back box like those games. It is in the metal speaker panel where the LCD would be. They just took out that LCD and put in a little plastic insert that has four score reels there. So yeah, that's a thing now. Quite frankly, it just looks phoned in. Come on, Stern. You couldn't make a custom backlash like the olden days did, where you'd have your blinking player lights in there and your 100,000 plus when you roll it light. Nope. They just said, hey, what's the cheapest way to add this to the game? And someone said, hey, we'll just take out the LCD and stick the reels there. And Gary's like, great idea. That sound means it's going to be expensive. So Stern put this game on their website for the select few insider people who pay or something like that, who get first dibs on it. $20,000 for this James Bond 60th anniversary edition. You notice how I said that really long? You gotta say things longer when they're expensive. Comes with deluxe powder-coated antique finish handmade side armor. Or say it includes an exclusive topper only available to the 500 people who can buy this game. Oh, did I mention it's limited to 500 people? Because it is. 
Oh, and did you know that exclusive topper means that it's not exclusive to this game, it's just exclusive to Stern? So if you have the regular James Bond designed by George Gomez, you can buy the exclusive topper for that too. Awesome. I am being a little bit negative on this game, and we're going to flip the coin and go into positive mode here. So looking at the play field, I like what I see. If you've played in tournaments or have access to older Bally games, you're going to see a layout that looks familiar to those. Keith has crammed in four spinners, and they are actually the expensive, using quotes there, Stern always says they're the expensive type, the optical spinners, so they should spin quite a bit longer. So we got, again, an industry first, four optical spinners in this game. We have inline drops. Thank you very much. I love those in Paragon and Metallica and, oh, Dolly Parton's got them, Harlem Globetrotters, you name it. They were they were popular with Bally. There is also a standard four bank of drops on the left, so that's nice to have that. Spells Bond, B-O-N-D. Pretty, pretty sweet there. And he even threw in the center three bank drop target, also usually the sucker shots in those games, the MI6 target. So that's really cool. So do you go for the center? No, of course not. They're just there to sucker you into it. Dropping down to the bottom, it is just a two flipper game. And in the promotional pictures, the flippers aren't aligned properly. The right one is just ever so slightly higher up than the left one. So maybe that's how they come from the factory, a little bit out of alignment and with bad coil stops. What we did find out on a podcast that interviewed Keith Elwin is that he considered doing a scissor flipper on one of the sides. I forget which side. Why, Keith? Why didn't you do that? It's been at least 30 years since we've seen a game with that. I think, what, Spring Break had scissor flippers? That might have been the last time. I don't even know if you could truly scissor with Spring Break. I think it had, like, a guide behind it. But we need to bring it back. Someone's going to have to have the courage. And if it's not you, Keith, on a classic-inspired game, who's it going to be? George Gomez? No, it's not going to be George Gomez. He finally just came out of a shell and put a three-flipper game out. John Borg? No, he prefers to have multiple outlanes instead of inlanes. Brian Eddy? I, I don't think so. He's like a two-flipper guy. You know what I'm saying? Shadow? Shadow's just a shadow of his catalog. That leaves us with danger. Danger! Danger! He did bring back the jump ramp on Jurassic Park home pin, so he might have it in him. So Jack Danger, you're on notice. I want to see scissor flippers. What we do know is Keith's next game is due out in 2024. I just talked to him at the District 82 Winter 3X, so he confirmed that. And he also said on that podcast that his next game will have four flippers. So that makes me think Iron Maiden style game with lots of flow or perhaps an upper play field. Because um, I didn't ask the question if there's four flippers on the pro. So that would have been the key question to ask if we... If he said no, then we know there's an upper playfield. So I think he's due for an upper playfield. We haven't seen an upper playfield out of Keith. Every game I feel like he tries to reinvent or perfect the genre which he is doing. So he hasn't done an upper playfield, so I could see his take on an upper playfield, and you know it would be badass, because that's Keith Elwin, the GOAT. <coughs> All right, can we think of anything else from the Stern camp? Well, if you tune in to Canada. Canada! 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 And Canada! He has confirmed that it is either Brian Eddy's Venom or Jack Danger's Foo Fighters. Why don't we throw in Jaws or Back to the Future while we're predicting as well? It could be anything. It could be any time. But we do know one thing. And that thing is, I do declare, this is a Johnny Pinball prediction. Whatever game is next, it will be at the Midwest Gaming Classic. The biggest gaming weekend of the year is finally here. It's the Midwest Gaming Classic at the Wisconsin Center in downtown Milwaukee, Wisconsin. See you there, March 31st. 
Welcome to American Pinball. My name is David Fix. You're going to get to see a little behind the scenes today that most people never get to see. Right now you're in my office. Uh, so get out of my office, as uh, Todd Tucky would say. No. But now what we're going to do is we're going to take you around and show you what goes on in the day at American Pinball. Yes, AP. We're off of Stern. We're on to American Pinball, the next manufacturer on our list. They are rumored to have a new game out by Texas Pinball Festival. And it's even on the Texas Pinball Festival's schedule of events. So we're going to see them right away on Friday. It's expected we're going to see American Pinball's next game. And now, Pigs in Space! The next rumored game is Galactic Space Force by Dennis Nordman and Art Christopher Franchi. It's supposed to be a campy sci-fi based game. And who knows what that means for a layout because... Original theme, original art, original music, and Dennis Nordman, who can go crazy with the ramps if he's let loose. So well, I guess we'll see uh, in March at the TPF Festival. American Pinball has released a teaser of a retro-inspired logo, which could be attached to this game. I'm not sure if it's replacing the current logo or if it's just going to be for the Galactic Tank Force game. So, or did I call it Space Force? I don't know. It's something. Galactic Tank Force, Galactic Space Force, name TBD. In more American Pinball news, David Fix has gone on the record saying they did select someone for the American Dream Pinball program. If you recall, that was where a homebrew design could be put in production, and that was judged at the Pinball Expo in Chicago. So he did say he's not going to say who he picked because the Sonic the Hedgehog license was stolen from him. That was, of course, going to be Ryan McQuaid's game, as he is now a designer for AP as well as Dennis Norman. In the past year, AP also has changed its product portfolio, kind of rebranding its trim levels. You know, like uh, Houdini Oktoberfest, there was one trim, and then now there is a classic, a deluxe. McDonald's Arch Deluxe. And they did that with Legends of Valhalla. And now they changed it kind of again, where they just kind of have the classic deluxe and then limited deluxe mirroring Stern's three trims. Not sure why they need to have three trims with the volume they do. I would probably say you just have the collector's edition and the standard edition. It's probably all they need unless they're planning on selling thousands of these now. But who knows, maybe Galactic Tank Force will sell thousands, but do they have the capacity to make them? That is the question, and the answer is probably no. Of course not. They they haven't even finished the Legends of Valhalla run yet, and that's been out over a year. I believe that's all the news we have for American Pinball, so let's move on. Eep. Benton, Wisconsin. Spooky Pinball. They have finished up Halloween Ultraman, announced and completed a run of Total Nuclear Annihilation, and now they have announced and started production of Scooby-Doo Pinball. Scooby-Doo. 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 They call him Scooby-Doo. We've got some busy beavers down in Little Benton, Wisconsin. More details to come on Scooby-Doo in the next episode of the Totally Pinball Podcast, as I want to save my opinions for when I get to play the game. So I'll be playing it before the next recording, and I'll report back then. Who's next on the list? 
Don Homer, I have baked a special donut just for you. Mmm, grazie. Don Homer, my son, he has a trouble with the. Eh, 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 eh. Molto bene. Jersey Jack Pinball is next on the list, and their next rumor game is Godfather with the designer of Eric Minier. It's no secret I'm not a fan of Jersey Jack games, and this theme does not do much to convince me otherwise. It's just a old movie that's going to be turned into a pinball machine, allegedly. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt when we see it in person, but on theme alone, I'll pass. I'd rather play Police Force over Godfather, just on theme alone. Artist Franchi is excited for the game. While I was at Chicago Pinball Expo, he was talking about his next game at JJP being out in December of that year, so that didn't happen. As you guys may know, he was uh, given the opportunity to do the art on Guns N' Roses, so I think he regrets not taking on that job because he thought he was going to get back in at Stern, which didn't happen. As long as Gary's alive, I don't think you'll see Franchi at Stern. It is unwise to displease the Emperor, Gary Stern. So if Eric's on Godfather, what are the other guys at JJP up to? We've got Steve Ritchie on something, and we've got Mark Seiden as well, kind of idling in the background. If it were up to me, I'd have Steve Ritchie on Top Gun Maverick. That movie deserves a game. As you know, Steve did F-14 Tomcat, and I think Top Gun Maverick could be a great sequel to that game. Mark Seiden, I have no idea what his passions are or what he's about, so I don't know what theme would fit his personality. But we have been hearing that Jersey Jack has the Avatar license and the Muppets license. Of those two, I would take the Muppets if I was Mark, if he has a choice. But you never know. And Jack could say, hey, actually, we're not doing any of that. We're actually going to do Phantom of the Opera because I sold a ton of those back in 88 for Stern. Anyway, the cat will be out of the bag. Come TPF, they should have at least Eric's game on display or announced by then. So exciting times are in the future. Speaking of the future, we have the past, which is Pat Lawler. He officially retired. He was hinting and teasing. Well, he was pulling a Brett Favre. Well, will I retire? Won't I retire? And he decided officially to retire after Toy Story 4 came out, which was his last game in Jersey Jack's current game. I think he waited to retire till after the game was on the line and in people's homes to see the reaction of it. If it was positive, I bet he would have stuck around and created another game for Jersey Jack. But since the overall consensus of Toy Story 4 is it's fun, but not worth the price, I think Pat decided to bow out or was asked to bow out. We may never know the real story until he's long gone, you know, 30 years in the future. Let me just say, I love a lot of his games. I think his prime time was the Williams in the 90s. So his Jersey Jack games have been fun, but just not quite the same. My favorites are Dialed In and Willy Wonka that he's created for Jersey Jack. So let's talk about Toy Story 4. This game is an odd choice, right? We kind of make fun of Jack for picking interestingly irrelevant themes. And uh, the story goes, they had the original Toy Story themes, but they took so long to make it that the owners of Toy Story, I believe it's Pixar or Disney, said, hey, Toy Story 4 is our most current property. Could you make that? And their hands were kind of tied to make it. Jack tells the story is, oh, we wanted to make Toy Story 4, but is that really the truth? He's kind of a slippery salesman, so I, I don't take him at his word there. Now, the layout that Pat created, it is a good layout. It is a fine layout. It reminds me a lot of Willy Wonka. What everyone is up in arms about is the code is not as deep as Wonka. 
the price went up significantly. The cheapest model you can get, I believe, is $12,000, and the limited edition is $15,000. And in the upper left, instead of having a nice mechanical, wow, sinking Godzilla building, or the Johnny Mnemonic glove, it's a iPad tablet there where you can play, of all things, virtual pinball on your real pinball. It's Pinception, and it's also not what the consumers wanted. It's a decent game, though. I've played it at the local bar. I, I kind of enjoy it. It's got the No Good Gophers ramp that's not quite as fun because you're not getting the hole-in-one. Instead, you send it up through, like, a carnival, which is kind of cool, and it's really cool what they did with the lights on the carnival. If you listen to anything I've said in the past, I'm not a big fan of clown puke LED lights, but it works for the upper carnival shot. The rest of the game, the hot rails, no. Take that off. Give me just white lights, all I need. So I still I still don't like the lighting on the game, but that shot's pretty cool. It's not as fun as No Good Gophers. And then they have like the gopher pop-ups in this, but it's some girl doll thing, um, which I really don't get. I never watched any movie besides the Toy Story movie. I think just because I know there's like a ventriloquist dummy in the movie that as an homage, they should have put a Rudy there or, you know, call him whatever the new dummy is in Toy Story 4 is. But uh, missed opportunity there to not, you know, smash Rudy, uh, wink, wink type of way. Next up is the Chicago Gaming Company, our favorite manufacturer to never manufacture. If you can believe it, they're still on Cactus Canyon Remake. We last heard about that in Chicago 2021. It is now February 2023. Where are the games, the LE Edition buyers are saying. The Standard Edition buyers got their games last year. They're happy as a clam playing the game. The game is beautiful, it shoots well, and that big old DMD XL just looks amazing. So everyone is happy there. It's just the LE buyers who had to have that topper are the ones who still don't have their games because there's excuses after excuses. Oh, you know, shipment from Japan was delayed. The company credit card was denied, so we had to apply to get a new one. And now, you know, our credit limit just isn't enough. Ryan White, the spokesperson, is probably a mute. I think I heard in Rumor Corner that the spokesperson for CGC is mute, just like the tester for James Bond code has epilepsy. I'm hearing both Stern and Chicago Gaming Company use the same contractor for their testing and spokespeople. So that is why they're both having delays. They just use the same contracting house. It's out of India, and these people work in Japan, respectively, and the UK. So that's why there's a bit of delay. You know, when you've got globalism involved, things can happen. A couple of CGC rumors have hit my desk since our last episode. One is that maybe they'll be remaking Twilight Zone. Maybe that's the next game. I think everyone would welcome that. Everyone would want it. That would sell a ton. So go ahead and do that, CGC, if you can. I mean, if you can't and you need another decade for Cactus Canyon, because you do have that code that you need to release, too, that was promised a couple of years ago. Um, take your time, I guess. You know, we're not going to rush you. Your results when they are completed are usually excellent and the second rumor is mark ritchie has been contracted to work with them and we knew about this since i want to say 2019 that he was designing a game and more rumors about that as it's a single level game so kind of like james bond 60th told nuclear annihilation um in that type of uh sense and that it will be pulp fiction as a theme so interesting theme kind of a gory movie for a pinball i don't know what would mr wolf say Bye, bye, bye! I said Mr. Wolf, not Mr. Many. You're 
Jimmy, right? This is your house? Sure is. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. You know, after thinking about it, Pulp Fiction sounds like a better theme for Stern, because they've got a problem of too many James Bond 60ths to sell. Hey, hey, I kid! I kid because I love! So that pretty much wraps up CGC. Let's move on to the Far East. Well, we gotta keep going east. To the Netherlands, Pinball Brothers. Two brothers in a van, and then a meteor hit, and they ran as fast as they could. From giant cat monsters, and then a giant tornado came. And that's when things got knocked into 12th gear. This is the first time the Totally Pinball Podcast has brought up the Pinball Brothers, because before this episode, they've never really produced anything in quantity. But now they have proved themselves worthy to be mentioned on this podcast. So they are the makers or the rights holder to Alien Pinball now. So they have actually produced and shipped more than one Alien Pinball to the United States. And they showed off their next game, Queen Pinball, at Chicago Expo. It has not shipped yet, but they are planning on doing a live stream of this game soon. So they are now a real manufacturer. And to show they mean business, they recently formed the Dutch East Pinball Company. Oh wait, I think it's the European Pinball Company actually. Just checking my notes here, it's the Euro Pinball Corporation. This is a merger of the Pinball Brothers and Pedretti Manufacturing. This combined new factory would be 16,146 square feet. This puts them slightly behind the new Spooky. Right now Spooky is 12,000 square feet, but they're adding on another 12,000 square feet. So they're roughly about the same size. They're claiming to be able to manufacture 80 to 120 games per month. If I put 1,969 games into my calculator and divide by 18 months, that's about 110 games a month. So just really close to Spooky Pinball. A little side tangent here. I watch some YouTube channels called Bicycle Dutch and not just bikes. They talk about the Netherlands and how great it is to live there because you can bike everywhere and you don't need a car. So I'm wondering if you'll see one of these pinball machines being delivered to someone with a bike with a little trailer behind it with the you know alien there wouldn't that be cool to see and while we're over in europe it looks like kingpin trademark has been filed for someone located in the netherlands hmm could it be this pindretti dutch pinball collaboration could that be the next game after queen i don't know much about kingpin i've never seen the game i don't know its history. I know it was a canceled Capcom game designed by Mark Ritchie. So along with Kingpin, we have Big Bang Bar also rumored to be trademarked recently. So could that be what Pinball Brothers are doing next? We shall have to wait and see. Oh, that sound means we're out of time this week on the Totally Pinball Podcast. Don't worry, we'll see each other next month. March, in like a lion, out like a lamb, you know what they say. They say keep your stick on the ice and you stay classy, Pinside. I am Johnny Pinball. This has been Totally Pinball Podcast.
focaccio delicious bass. 